Thanks for listening to the Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. You can contact the show at twitter.com forward slash dwgroovecast and through Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. Good evening. I am warning you right now, if you touch my drums, I will stab you in the neck with a knife. Ain't it fucking. <laughs> Ain't it fucking. Mom! Lower it. I'm not gonna lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Well, we're gonna straighten out. No, we had a problem. I mean, uh, we tried to do everything we could. What do you mean? Well, you know what I mean. Next. Little trouble there. You're rushing. Yeah. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are back once again, sitting across the table from me, is master drummer and author Ted McKenzie. He is back for part two because there were so many questions from part one that was unanswered. Ted, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. Thank you again. I'm so honored. Oh man, it's it's my pleasure. And I, I was in jest when we started the show, but it absolutely is the truth, the reason you're back. Uh, I want to give a couple of very specific examples of what happened was if everyone goes back a few episodes you'll notice that I did a show with Ted and essentially the show was about his involvement in revising the Henry Henry Adler text uh, the Buddy Rich rudimental snare drum book and the show went tremendously well swimmingly well but there were a lot of people that were will be generous and say they were upset that we didn't talk about the technique. In fact, there were people pointing fingers like this this guy missed these opportunities to talk about the technique and that show was not supposed to be about the technique. It was supposed to be how you got involved with revising this book and then writing your own books that came after that. So I talked to Ted right after the show came out and the outcry for some more Ted McKenzie and he goes, you know what, we need to do this second show. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do the second show, and we're going to talk about the Adler technique because we've got the foremost authority on it sitting across the table, and we want to make sure that we uh, exercise those muscles today. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ted, it's great great to have you back. We did talk about the creation of uh, the revision process and how you got involved with it, but I think what we ought to do today is let's now step back to when you first studied with Mr. Adler. And as you said prior to this, we're going to do a flyover of this technique today. We're going to get everybody in the ballpark, people who are interested in learning this technique, and give them some pointers on how to get started. And I think we're also even going to talk about some teachers that they can contact, which I'll put in the show notes. So, Ted, take it away. Talk to us a little bit about the basics of the grip and the technique. Okay. Um, I, I decided that this is something that I thoroughly needed. And I think if you look over our first discussion, I, I mentioned that process, mm-hmm. finding it at Berkeley and, uh, eventually getting to New York city, <clears throat> which was, uh, about 45 minutes away from where my parents raised me, uh, in Connecticut. So, you know, I got on the train, um, 
I was very thankful when my dad let me do this. My dad, you know, he, he both my parents wanted me to get get into college, um, and but I dropped out. And I said, I need to get to New York City. I need to study with these people. They're the foremost in the world, and uh, that's the way it was back then. I mean, Henry Adler had that um, honor uh, for oh decades and decades, and and so I was coming in maybe about the middle of it with mm-hmm. him. And it's very exciting. And uh, getting to his shop was, uh, um, you know, probably took me a couple hours to get there, you know, from the, waiting for the train, getting on the train. Getting, so uh, I just mentioned that because uh, today you can press a couple of buttons and think you're getting information, uh, but you're not getting what I got. Sure. Uh, so with that said... Um, Henry uh, was uh, the most amazing person to to be involved with. Uh, he uh, told me in the first lesson, he said, well, we're going to cover uh, the rudiments in, in, in the book, uh, the Buddy Rich Snaredon book. And he said, I noticed that you are a, a traditional player. And most people were back then. Mm-hmm. And we mean traditional grip. Tra- yeah, mm-hmm. traditional grip. Yeah, um, thanks. Um, and but uh, if he said if I had my way with you, I, I'm going to show you how to play match grip as well. And I was thrilled mm-hmm. to think he would put up with me all the time. But so uh, we got started, um, and it was very. He was extremely particular on how you held the stick. Uh, he told me about the balance point in the stick. Um, the balance point is about three quarters of the way back from the tip. Um, and if you balance that, if you put your finger up to that and let the stick drop, you'll get the strokes that he builds everything on mm-hmm. from a full stroke to a half stroke to a quarter stroke to the downstroke or ghost note or grace note. Same, mm-hmm. same thing. Right, and those are the four primary strokes yes. for the Adler technique. Exactly right. So um, the first thing to do then was to um, show how to hold the stick. <laughs> and, you know, I'd never had this happen to me before, mm-hmm. and he it was obvious to him because he saw all these problems I was having, and I, I didn't know what they were about. I was there to get working on it. So... For instance, uh, the right hand, it, it, it's, it's the, it seems the simpler hand, if any one of you out there are playing match grip, one hand is like the other. It's, 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 that's very... Um, uh, it's symmetrical. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, your hands are opposite of what they are, but, you know, it just, it's like your feet moving ahead of you. You get both hands moving the same way. Yeah, very symmetrical. So when your right hand is doing something, you, you want to get the left hand to be as involved. And, of course, if your right hand or your left hand is a little, shall we say, more uncoordinated, you know, you just somehow you can neglect looking at it when you're playing. Well, that was a big deal. And I, and I found out quickly that, and, and I'll, get, I'll get to the, the traditional in a minute, but Whatever you're doing and you're practicing, you're trying to get things straightened out, you've got to watch your hands. And that was difficult, believe mm-hmm. it or not, for me anyway. I never thought about watching my hands. I'm listening, you know? 
course I'm listening. And I'm, and I'm, you know, gee, you know, it doesn't sound quite as good as such and such. Or need, why can't I play this passage or what, whatever? Uh, and then, of course, he pointed out all the, the problems, and there were many. Mm-hmm. So even even though, and, and I've been teaching many, many people over the years. It's been since, you know, 69, 70 that I've been teaching this. So I've seen all walks of life. And, and so I'm, I, I really appreciate Henry more today than I did then. And I was so starstruck, I was barely able to take a breath when I, you know. But, I, you know, he made you very comfortable. Um, he was very jovial. And he had a, a, a story about so many things that, that were just, it would make your day. Mm-hmm. And he had these little funny quips he would say, and, and it was just, it was it was a joy. Anyway, but he was very careful when you came back the next week. If you didn't have what he had given you exactly right, well, he would show you again, and he would say, you'll have this right for next week. And you did. You got it right. And so, you know, I just didn't shut off the computer. I had to go home on the train, and I had to, you know, Put my routine in in the week. It was very specific mm-hmm. as to how to correct the problem, and got back there the next week. Hope you know with a wing and a prayer, thinking I I hope I got it right this time. And usually I did, but there were times when it was like it's not quite right, you know. And you hear it in his voice, and he would never yell at you, but just the the tone of his voice was amazing. So you know, and, and you wanted it right for him. Sure. And for myself. And I know he was the foremost authority at the time, and that was very important. All right, so we get to, to the traditional turn. If you're right-handed, it would be your left hand seemingly turning differently than, the, than your right. Well, right. I was pistoning, and this is what I was doing wrong. Now, every, there's a number of things that could be wrong. Uh, I wasn't getting uh, my stick height even, not really knowing that. And so I would naturally bend from my elbow instead of turning my my forearm to, to get it done and that whole arm or that elbow to down stroke type motion that's the pistoning that pistoning yes about. it's right. like mm-hmm. you know fig, uh, figure a, 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 the old uh, steam train going down uh-huh. the track and it's pistoning gotcha the wheels are turning but it's and it's taking a lot of you know motion to get that going and you might say well no hey that's the that's the molar hey not yet let's not go there yet mm-hmm. this is about the wrists and the fine-tuning of it and getting it exactly right. So what has to happen is your your full stroke has to be, you know, dead spot on. And I you know, and you're a man of technique. You 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 know, I'm I'm preaching the choir here, cross across from me here. Uh magnificent pro drummer that you are. <laughs> oh, you, please tell me more. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. this is just a little bit I know about you and I, I can figure that out. But it's it's the, that stick height that's dropping. Uh, you know, I like to point out that, you know, drumsticks, they don't have a right or left hand model. Right. They're all the same. And when they drop onto the, 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 the surface, they should both be doing exactly the same thing because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. And I might also point out, have you ever seen the slow motion video of, of a stick hitting a snare drum? You should all check it out. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's stunning. It, you see it in slow motion. The, the head looks like a, a, a earthquake. Yeah, it kind of looks like a ocean rippling. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you don't see it when you play it. But when, right. when that happens. So what happens is that that first stroke hits and... 
it, it, it has a hard time getting out of the drum. The head actually touches a little bit, and then it comes back out on its own. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you drop it without any pressure on it, it, it comes back about halfway. When it hits the second time, the head completely goes straight, like you yeah. never touched it. It's phenomenal. It looks like a Steven Spielberg effect. Yeah. You know, and once you see it, you'll never forget that. And, I, of course, I didn't have that back in the day, you know. I'm just telling you that's what happens. So when you hit a rubber pad, none of that happens. And the advantage of it is that you can drop both sticks at the same time and you can get them to bounce out. Bump, 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 bump. And bump, 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 bump. And watch carefully that you can get identical bounce back on each level. One, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. Full stroke to half stroke to quarter stroke to downstroke. The downstroke would be the, the ghost or grace note position. So um, to do it, um, ideally, at first, you would just bounce, you know, put this, the, the, the stick to the finger, one finger, stick a finger out and, and, and put it up to about where the full stroke is and then drop it down. And if you can keep it going like that, watch it go dun-dun-dun-dun. You know. And Ted, there's no throwing of the stick. You're literally dropping the stick. Exactly. Gotcha. Just drop the stick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's 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 a wake up call right there for a lot of us, right? Mm-hmm. I never thought of any of this stuff before I got to him. Never thought of it. You know, what's he talking about? Oh, oh my gosh! You know, all the light bulbs go on, mm-hmm. and you go home and you deal with it. And it's like, wow, this is another world. So I like to tell my students, you know, every one of us before we know really what's going on, we want to go out there, get it done, go fast, hit hard, get it. And, and a lot of, a lot of us can do that. Well, I should, a lot of us, some of us, but maybe not with the best results, but now we're talking about understanding the physical physics of drumming. I never thought about that. I just wasn't that, that wasn't me, but now I'm involved with it and I'm infatuated by it. You know, So, you drop that thing down, and you get both hands to drop the stick at the same time on, on opposite fingers. It takes a little balancing to get it right. And you'll see it'll, be, it'll do the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's the goal then. You want to hold that stick so lightly from, the, from your wrist turning up to the full stroke and dropping and letting it bounce on its own. Dun, 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 dun. And that's something to work on for all you guys who think you got it together. You haven't done that yet. You might be shocked, but that's a very cool thing to work on. Now, Ted, I want you to explain to the listeners, uh, if you're holding the stick, and let's talk about matched grip, okay? If you're holding the stick's matched grip, when the stick is in the full stroke position, what the hand or what the grip looks like mm-hmm. And then through the motion of the turning, mm-hmm. where does the grip end up or mm-hmm. where does the hand end up as it touches the drum? Oh, okay. That was my next point. <laughs> so I'll uh, set them up. You <laughs> knock them down, buddy. <laughs> so uh, when you're sitting, let's start with it. When you're sitting down at your practice or your snare drum or the drum set, because this is this will set you up. To play the kit just right. I, I know over the years you probably have too. You, you you get a new student and they sit down at, or you sit down at their kit maybe and you, you think, how is this person physically doing what he he's doing? How is it possible? Because 
when I sit at that that kit, my it's, it's all wrong for me. But everyone has their own structure in their bodies. But here's the basic thing, besides all, all the little quirky things that you might correct once you get comfortable. You sit down, your back is straight. Now, I'm not saying once you get into it, you want to slatch over. You see many drummers do that. Buddy's a good example. He had back operation after a while. But you need to sit up, and you're, what you're, we're doing is supporting the, the shoulders that are hanging your, your, your arms. Your arms are hanging by ball and sockets. And, you know, if you just, you know, drop your arms to your side. I'm doing that now, and I, I bend up my, my uh, wrist about to my elbow. And if I move my trunk of my body around, well, my arms move. Yeah. Okay, well, that's really important. If you stiffen up at all, they stop. Mm-hmm. And then you're having some problems. Okay, so keep all this in mind. When you practice, you've got to be relaxed. Um, it's very easy to clinch that stick, hold it too tight, and that's where we're going with what I'm saying. All right, so uh, if you put your fingers straight out and you have a straight line from your fingers to your wrists to your elbow, that's a, that's a line you, you must keep for what I'm going to show you. Okay, then if you keep this, this I'm straightened out, and you, we're playing match grip here, and both wrists, I'm going to do a a, a, um, a turn that's just, I'm going to call it a hinge turn. You're just going to lift up and drop down. If I if I put my, if I'm relaxed and put my hands on my thigh, um, and I'm just playing both at the same time, I'm While just, the heels of your hands stay on your thighs. Exactly right. Uh-huh. Okay, here's here's what I'm going to say. When when you lift your 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 turn your wrists up, with the heels relaxed on your thighs. Okay, uh, I'm on a table now, so mm-hmm. you can see what I'm doing. You lift it up. You come up to a point where they stop. You can't go any further. Right. Okay. Those are your carpal bones interfering now with any more turning back. You just can't go any further. You don't want to go there. And, you know, we all have heard carpal tunnel syndrome. Well, it, you know, this is the sure way to get a hold of it, and, and you'll always regret it, and, and you'll wonder why you, you're, you've injured yourself. Okay, so when you, when you lift up again, just bring it until there's just a, not the least bit of tension to the full stroke. We're going to call that a full stroke. Gotcha. And that's what you have to design in your playing. You have to find that full stroke for each stick. So we haven't even picked the stick up yet, but that's that's a good inclination of what's going to happen here. So when you put it back down, let's call that the down position. All right, now we're going to we're going to take a drumstick and I have one here. You want to try mm-hmm. this and, and it's if I show you correctly, you'll get it and if I don't, you can tell me to back off. <laughs> All right, so here's a way I've I've um I, you got to understand, I've taught blind people. Mm-hmm. I've taught a person with just one arm uh, you know, all, all those scenarios, you know, after a while you, you, you see them, and, and I would never turn down anybody. I sent you a video today, of, of, by the way, of, of a guy playing drums with his feet. Did you Amazing. See yeah. Amazing. So nothing's impossible out there. Uh, he was playing trombone as well. <laughs> trombone, piano? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Woo! All right, so, um, you know, you guys are blessed with all your, 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 uh, you know, your arms and feet. That's awesome. Okay, that's a good start. <laughs> all right, so I've got my... my Palm down flat on the table, 
and I'm going to, uh, you know, you've got, you've got your knuckles uh, there, your first set of knuckles, we'll call them, not, not the ones at the end of the finger, but the first mm-hmm. ones. And you're going to do, try doing a push-up. That means you're going to keep your fingertips on the table, and you're going to push up and get that, those knuckles to, to come up. Your, your palm's still on the table. The knuckles are coming up like a mountain range. Mm-hmm. Good. All right, keep that position, and don't change it. Now, just lift the hand off the table. Good. All right, now you're going to bend the second set of knuckles so that they, all your fingers drop. So now you're, um, what, would you, what, what position would you say that is? That's, that's like a... Yeah, that, that, uh, that position, what, it's almost like the position that you see uh, the uh, karate guys do a punch with almost um, yeah it's yeah almost yeah if I, and if i curl if i curl mm-hmm. the last set of knuckles then you got almost a fist yes okay mm-hmm. let's not do that yet so the, so the the fingers just drop from from the second set of knuckles mm-hmm. relax them now your thumb here here's a biggie your 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 first knuckle on your th- your end knuckle on the thumb mm-hmm. that's right in back of your nail mm-hmm. that that the back of that knuckle is bony, right? You got yeah. you got a pad on your thumb, then it's the bone. The bone's going to come and fit right between the first and second knuckle of your index finger, and, and it fits right in there. It's it's like a what would you, what would you say? It, f- it feels like a it's made to be there. You got that? Yeah, it's kind of got a little tongue and groove kind of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, and keep your keep your Keep your thumb out. It's like you're hitching a ride. Mm-hmm. Did, okay, thumb stays out. Good. Now, you're going to open that a little bit, take the stick up, and put the stick right in that groove, and then you got the bony part of the thumb on the, on the stick. And if I, God forbid, was to drill a hole from mm-hmm. my, my knuckle to the stick to that, that tongue and groove, mm-hmm. there's your fulcrum. Gotcha. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Now, um, we're going to look at that straight line from the tip of the stick to the wrist to your elbow. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, it's not, it's not like so. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I say so, I mean, I'm, you, know, you, you, don't, you don't bend that wrist. You don't turn it left to right now. Mm-hmm. It's still straight. And you turn, you, you, now I want, to, I want you to turn your, your hand over and take your fingers and simply put them lightly on the stick and put the stick to your hand. And it should be kind of in the channel that's in the bit middle of your hand. Right. Between, for our technical folks out there, it's between the heel of your hand and your thenar eminence of your thumb. There you mm-hmm. go, doctor. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I had an issue and a problem getting my pinky on there. Uh-huh. And, um, of course, Henry picked that up. And he said, okay, I want you to put the stick further up on your... What'd you call that part? Thenar eminence. Okay, you guys look that up. You know uh-huh. what I'm talking about. That's the base of your thumb, the fleshy part of the base of your thumb. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then you want me to get the pinky up on that. And mm-hmm. I, I cramped up for weeks practicing like that. So I'm not going to go there with you guys because this was just me. This right. is my situation. Mm-hmm. If you're able to keep that pinky on the, on the end of the stick pretty near the end and in that channel you're good to go however when you when you turn the hand back over make sure that the tip of that stick 
and the butt end of the stick is at your about your wrist, the middle of your wrist, and if it's straight line back is to your elbow. Right. Okay. So when you when you get down to the, the down position, if you put a a, a patter and drum in front of you, you're um, you're relaxed. You lift up your, you know, drop. You can drop everything down, lift it up. By the way. If you match guys or if you want to start this match grip, do it with both hands exactly the same. Simultaneously? Yes, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, put your, your sticks to the side. Lift up with your, your wrist, get them even with your elbows, and then bring the tips together so the tip of the sticks touch mm-hmm. and bring it down to the pad or the snare drum. Now, of course, the snare drum has a rim to it, and you don't want to click the, 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 the uh, stick on the rim. So you want to adjust that so your stick is hitting the drum, not the rim. And you can give yourself a few millimeters there be, between gotcha. the, the stick and the rim. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you hit the rim and the stick, it's a rim shot. And when you hit a rim shot, we all know, I, I, I think, that, that that completely knocks out your rebound. Right. Right. Okay. And I've always wondered, well, how do these guys play off that rim so effortlessly? How do they... How do they play all those accents and get out of there off the rim? Because when you hit the rim, everything goes dead. Well, that's a lot of what we're talking about here, getting out of the drum. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that comes down. It's in your down position. You lift it so it's parallel to the, the, uh, the drum or pad. And that's, your, that, that, that's, your, that's your down position. That's your ghost note. Okay, and you, now you come up all the way up. Until you're, you you don't um, compromise your your wrist when it comes up to your carpal position, your carpal bones. You feel them. Those are all those little bones in your wrist, okay. And you don't want to come up so that that that's your stopping point right before that. And that's where you have to adjust to your full stroke. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go to the ultimate drummer's workout. Gotcha. If I may. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners who uh, heard the first interview, this is Ted's uh, DVD that he produced. And uh, he's going to, I think you're going to show us wagging the brush, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) That was Ted yelling up to the mic. Yeah. He's back now. All right. So he's got some brushes out. By the way, publisher hated that. The name I wanted to call the book, Wag the Brush. We can't do that. We, everyone here hates that. I said, well, we already shot the DVD. Uh, are we going to shoot it again? No, we're just going to call it the Ultimate Drummer's Workout. I said, okay, you guys know best. So, okay. Um, I'll give you a pair. Um, so a, a little side story. When, when uh, uh, I got the artwork on, on the, on the uh, DVD, uh, it had a picture of drumsticks on there. Right. I, I got on the phone and said, what's going on? You change the name, now there's drumsticks on the cover of it. This is not about drumsticks, it's about brushes. Well, we know here that no rock drummer will ever pick up and purchase anything with brushes on it. I said, yeah, maybe you're right. Right. The next time I called them, I told them that I was giving uh, lessons to Jason Bittner. Right. Who is our star drummer back in, in upstate New York. Um, and, uh, you know, rated number one at the time. Um, and he came to me, he wanted to know about this brush routine and what to do. So 
they were wrong. They were wrong on that one. <laughs> you know, I think, Ted, also it's it's going to be important to relate to the listeners here that when we're going to talk about this brush technique that you're going to uh, describe and show us here in a second, that it, this is not a brush pattern No, that we're going to do. Yeah, it's not the jazz brush right. gig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. But, yeah. We're going to use the, the, the brush as a resistance machine that will will completely get you off the ground to turning your wrist well, getting your fulcrum adjusted to holding the sticks lightly. And what you'll find out about it is that when you you do a little of this, and I'm going to warn you, don't do more than I tell you for the first month of what I'm going to tell you. And you won't believe me when I tell you what all you have to do. But I, I know that uh, people that don't follow what I say can injure themselves and when you injure your wrists or your your you pull a tendon in your fo- your forearm or something you cannot do anything until that heals you can't go and say oh no i'm gonna it's gonna work through this no you're not your hand is injured and you have to back off so please i've got a lot of people saying to me well i i, I can't i can't come back now i my, i've got an injury i said what did you do well, i was working with the brush how long were you doing it well, I was watching TV. No. No, 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 no. Okay, so I've set that up. You'll see what's coming. This is this is what I like to call one of the few magic bullets in drumming. Then, in other words, it doesn't take nearly as long. It's You can get some pretty good results with just a few seconds of this. A day, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Okay, so... Um, what we got are brushes in your hands. So one, the ones I highly recommend, and I, I must uh, say, um, before I give a rec- recommendation, if, if you purchase my Ultimate Drummer's Workout, you'll notice that I'm using the stiffest brushes on the market at the time. Maybe they still are. They're the Vic Firth white handled model brushes, which I love. Either and, those are the Jeff Hamilton model by Regal Tip. Now they use really large gauge stiff wire. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, maybe that's one up on me, but mm-hmm. you don't want that at all. And mm-hmm. if you look at the bristles on what you got there, I handed. Um, These are nice and floppy. Yeah, mm-hmm. real floppy. Those are those are Promark B400s. I highly mm-hmm. recommend them. Um, they are more more floppy than one I have. I have. These are the Ultraflex by gotcha. Regal. Uh, they're both great. Uh, if you can't find one, get the other. Or you know, but they've got to be flexible. And I like the nylon ones because they don't get wrecked. Right. You know, when you when you simply telescope them in and out, which the Ultraflex is not telescoped. But you know, you want you want a brush that's going to last and be the best for you at this point. You can, and by the way, you can eventually uh, gauge up into a, a more stiffer brush. I've had uh, huge results with that, you know. And, and uh, Okay, so um, <clears throat> you're going to go through what we did in holding the drumstick with this. It's the same exact thing. Um, and when you uh, put it on the downstroke and lift it up and then bring it back down, okay, it would be the same. But when you when you start moving it up and down, something's going to happen. You have to pull away f- from the surface you're in front of unless you want to hit it. So what's going to happen is the flex of the, of the bristles, and this is what's so important, they have to drop from the down position down and springs back to the up position. And that is your 
we'll say rebound of what we're doing. The rebound is the uh, uh, energy of, of those bristles bending down and up. So what it does, when you work, use a hinge turn on this right now, that's what you should be doing, you want, you want to make sure that that is going on. Now, here's, here's a couple of things you don't want to do. You don't want those fingers that are on the, the, the shaft of the brush, you don't want them to uh, let out so I gotcha. everything gets floppy. Mm-hmm. Now, there's going to be a, a compromise here because when you bring it, bring it in, you want to clinch and, and hold tight. And, and your, your, uh, your pressure and your thumb onto your, um, the shaft of the brush opposite your index finger, that wants to get more severe, and rightfully so, until you get in shape. Uh-huh. And what's going to happen is you're going to let go of that pressure, and you're going to be able to move that hand. You can hear it. Listen. That's, that's what's going to happen eventually. Right. You're going to get that thing moving really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> however, um, if, you, if you start clinching, that's part of the process. You, ha- you have to do this every day for about a month until your, your muscles open up. I want you all to try this for me right now. You want to uh, put your, your, if you're holding something, put it down. You, I want you to take your right hand and I want you to put your fingers over your forearm I take your your left hand, put put your fingers over your right hand forearm and your thumb, you know, underneath it. So you're grabbing it kind of like a a baseball bat or something. Right, and your your left hand is up close to your right elbow. Yes, yeah, well, up up further than down. Mm-hmm. Okay, then just move your fingers around. Right, you know, grip hard and, and then then relax and, and just pump a little bit like mm-hmm. that. Now, uh, grip hard and move your wrists up and down. Now relax, mm-hmm. don't grip hard, move your wrist up and down. Right. Okay, so I think what you're seeing here is that there's, there's stuff going on that actually run your wrist. Uh, I, I think it would be hard to explain the wrist running itself. Now, Phil's got an amazing fast wrist. No, <laughs> he has fast forearms. Right. Good point, man. Yeah. Now, with wagging the brush, let's give these folks a goal every day yes like how many seconds per day should they do this? okay good yep there we go so i call it the 90 second workout mm-hmm. and you might think you can't get anything done in 90 seconds okay you're gonna have to trust me you know i know what i'm doing and this really works but again if you think you know better and don't pay attention you can fail and you're gonna get injured and if you just neglect to do it, no, of course, nothing's going to happen. So we're not going to go there. All right. So <clears throat> you're going to take that position. Now you're wagging the brush, right? And you're going to, you're going to, op- your, your process will be over the month is to open that up until you can get what you're calling a full range of motion. That's without crimping your wrist in, mm-hmm. into the, um, too far up. And I don't, I don't think you'd do that when you're doing this. Another thing, and I'm watching you, Phil, you want to you keep, uh, when you're doing it, watch your hand and make sure that when you're doing this, you're not bending the, the wrist gotcha. downwards. So when I'm looking at my wrist now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really exaggerating, but uh-huh. I'm, I look like a 
if I take the stick out of my, it looks like a swan or something. Right. You, you want to no no uh, bend in the wrist. It's got to be the wrist looks like it's pretty much straight. And when it comes down, it Phil, when I take this out of my hand, do the same thing. How much am I are we moving? Right. It's a very it's a very small motion. Very small motion. Not restricting it, but it's a small motion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the job is to get those bristles to move. All right, you do that 30 seconds and stop. Mm-hmm. Some of you might not be able to get more than, than 15 seconds, but keep track of your time. Um, you want to then go to the other hand. If you're going to do this uh, match grip, it'll be exactly the same. I think the majority of you are probably going to do this, but i got to cover the, uh, the other grip quickly here. Sure. Um, so you do that 30 seconds and stop. Now, you're, if you're right-handed, your left hand is definitely going to be more uncomfortable than your right. And what's going to happen, you're going to feel that you're getting all stiff. All right? You got to do some stretches. First one I, I'd suggest is I call it a prayer stretch simply because you're, you're putting your, your palms together and your, your fingers are, are flat against one another, lined up. And you, you, you bring that up in front of you. It looks like you're praying. And then you open up your elbows. You drop down your hands until they they have to separate and you get into the the end position which you feel pressure uh in uh, in your tendons and your muscles or, or, or you can feel that pressure and you hold that for i don't know five ten seconds gotcha and for anybody who might know anything about yoga poses ted is essentially doing a mountain pose very good mm-hmm Okay, then you bring that back. It, 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 now you've released that tension. And you do that a couple more times. Feels good. Uh, then you just keep your hands together and reverse it. And you do the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And you pull that up. And your, 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 your palms will separate a little bit. Keep your fingers together. Hold that. Okay. So that, that that's generally a very simple, easy way to rejuvenate your 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 uh, the blood flow in your hands. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So then you're ready to do more. So you you take both brushes. I'm going to add this to what I I do. So it might be a little more in 90 seconds if you can stand it. But I think this is a good one to add. The the you're going to take that straight out position. The the the, the you know the, the end of the brushes to the. The fingers to the wrists to the to the uh, elbows. Everything's straight. You're gonna start wagging again, and get them both to go at the same time. And you're gonna notice right away that the right hand is more energetic and mm-hmm. faster than the left. Well, okay. Don't let your right hand beat up your left hand. If you're left-handed, it'll be the opposite. Sure. All right. So you just be be, be patient and do that for 30 seconds. Stop. And if you need to stretch, stretch again. Then. You can do one last one and do them in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. And there you go. So what's happening here? Um, well, you're, you're, you're opening up your hands to, to run the drumsticks the way they need to be ran. And that's simply let them rebound the way they want to. Mm-hmm. It's not that you can't control that. You know, you can... You know, you, you, you go down to another drum and, and back, you're, you're doing more circular motions. We're talking just about straight up and down right now on one surface. So we're, yeah, I guess we're calling this one surface practice. All right, so 
there you go. If you pick up your stick now, holding it the same way, and just tap it using, you know, the same ingredients we just work with, you're going to notice that your sticks, oh my gosh, they feel like they're automatically mm-hmm. 100% improved. Mm-hmm. So right away, you have a way to warm up yourself. You know, regardless of what you're practicing next, if you're going to a gig, okay, warm it up. It takes 90 seconds. Um, I'll use Jason Bittner as an example. He um, has uh, published the fact that it used to take him an hour to warm up his hands, and now he does it in a minute mm-hmm. and completely warmed up. And I, I, you know, all you jazz drummers out there, I, this is how I found it. I did thousands of jazz gigs, you know, in, in, a, in a hotel. And the first set especially had to be very quiet. And we were very, in a very sensitive room to, to, um, to play in. He had, everything had to be quiet to begin with. So, of course, I'm going to use brushes the first set and maybe the second set. Um, and then when I would switch to, to sticks, uh, wow, my hands felt they were like they were on amazingly mm-hmm. adept to anything I wanted to do. My touch was lighter. Uh, I had much more control, etc. So uh, it doesn't matter what style you're playing, uh, metal drums, jazz, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Marching drums, xylophone, doesn't matter. All percussionists can get a huge um, advantage in just warming up. Okay, so that's a good introduction to... The ultimate drummer's workout, and, and the it, 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 I did not go on the on the uh, the left hand, or if I'm right-handed, the left-handed traditional turn. Do you want to address that real quick? Let me do that. Sure. Okay. So you you're gonna uh, your your hands are both level, and we did a uh, a, a hinge turn, uh, and if you're a right hand guy, your right hand stays the same with that. So we're not going to talk about your right hand, and it, it, it's a, be vice versa if you're left handed. Okay, so you're gonna you're right handed. Your left hand now you're going to um, your, your palm is out like we started with both hands that were um, straight from the tips to the the wrist to the elbows, and your arms are just hanging there. Now you, you just the only difference now is you take your left. Uh, forearm and turn it so you're in the karate position yeah karate chop position karate mm-hmm. chop position um, what you might notice um, eventually or right now is that th- your thumb wants to sort of lop over to the side don't do that keep it straight back okay so that the thumb is going to support as the fulcrum this the the, the brush or stick so I'm going to put my brush in there, and I'm going to put it all the way into the crotch of the hand with the thumbs opened up, and I'm going to close the thumb on it, and the thumb's going to come right down as if it's lined up with the other fingers. Uh-huh. And now I can support that um, brush or stick um, so that it's not falling into my hand. When I let the thumb drop over, that's called cradling the stick. Gotcha. And that is definite uh, crash and burn on, on what, what we're learning here. So you've got to keep that fulcrum back, keeping the stick or brush supported. Okay, so we're going to bend those fingers 
at, at, the, at the knuckles of so the mountain range and the knuckles and let them fall over all at the same time. And they're going to come about lining up with, with the, the brush or stick. And this is where, where you have to divide them. So the bottom two fingers are going to go underneath and the mm-hmm. top two on top. And the ones that are on top are going to lay on top of the stick or the brush. And the bottom ones are, are going to be like a shelf, mm-hmm. especially the ring finger. And you want the brush or stick to, to rest on the area that's right on top of the knuckle, right, in, uh, right on top of the... Um, we call that well, this the fingernail. The nail. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Nanami over here. The, the fingernail, and uh, uh, and let it let it just fall. Uh, let the knuckle nestle it. Uh huh. Okay. You can see it in the in the book I've I've produced. I drew it. I do, I had photos taken or the DVD. Okay. So then, the 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 uh, other two fingers are are over. Okay, now what, what usually happens, if you haven't done this before, or even if you've been doing it for years like I did, um, you're not quite straightened out with this thing, which only means that your fingers aren't relaxed enough to stay in that position, and you get some kind of strange result. And, and you say to yourself, I'm not doing this, I'm going back to match grip or whatever. I'll just put up with it. Now with me, like I said, I was pistoning. Well, that's easy to do when you can't get your, your, your stick to work correctly off the fulcrum from the wrist turn. So we have a down position, and I'm just going to turn my hand up. Now, when I said my hand, I'm really turning everything from my elbow mm-hmm. out to the tip of my sting- finger. So, again, it's, it's the, it's, there are two bones in the forearm that are connected to the wrist that turn that wrist out. So, again, it's having a... Uh, is developing the forearms here, not really the wrist. Okay, so um, I have an up position. Now that up position, uh, if you're cradling the stick, all right. So let's talk about that again. If you if you the thumb is forward and you've let that stick or brush fall in between your ring finger and middle finger, you have stopped the advantage of turning. So you have to have it on the shelf of that finger. Mm-hmm. All right, and the and the two on top simply are guides to keep everything in position and relaxed. It's a lot to ask, but that's what has to happen. But what will really make this happen is that thumb on top with a slight pressure supporting the stick. Now I want you to um, turn your 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 wrist down and look at the back of your your hand. Here's another big issue that will happen. The back of your hand, if, if, you, if you start turning that wrist out, so now I've turned it out and I'm seeing a bend in my wrist, that's, that's a deal breaker as well. That'll stop your turn. That's, that's going to cause you to piston because right. you're making up the turn for your whole arm. Okay, so you flatten that out, and there's your full stroke. And now you have to adjust your full stroke in your right hand to your left hand because it is what it is. So it's worth noting also when Ted is doing this full stroke with his left hand traditional grip, his palm is facing upward. Yes. Completely upward. So the the back of his hand is facing the ground or the drum surface at the moment. And to be fair, um, I have stretched this out and not all of this, you know, some can go further with that. That's that's okay. And some can't. That's okay. 
It's just, you know, the tendons, the muscles, everything has to adjust. And it's another great reason, Phil White, when you start wagging this, you shouldn't do it too long, mm-hmm. and it has to be just right. So you got to be really patient with your traditional grip. Maybe that's why so many people just don't do it. I mean, not, not because they picked up the Ultimate Drummer's Workout, but because this involves a, a lot more detail. Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. yeah. I, I always tell my students from that standpoint that, you know, if they come to me wanting to do traditional grip, I'm completely fine with it. But the caveat is, is we're going to probably spend about five times the amount of time working on the technical aspect of it. Whereas with match grip, you can, for lack of a better term, hit the ground running a little bit quicker. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you, Ringo. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Great drummer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I think we've established a good outline for this. So what happens is you, you do those exercises again, like I explained with, with uh, uh, match grip a minute ago. And um, don't forget to stretch. And be again, like Phil said, be very patient with your results here. And sometimes it will take you weeks to get on board with this where you can continue. The, the object would be, to when you let's say when you're in opposite directions, the object would be to bring that down full full blast, and barely touch the surface mm-hmm. of, of a pad or a snare, barely touch, and that is creating a full stroke workout for you. Now, if you don't get any further than that, your single strokes will incredibly excel anyone else's ability. And the time spent. So as you you got to remember, as you go, you grow, and and you don't want to go past your means, or else you're going to be sorry. Yeah, and this is this is one of those very few times where you can spend 90 seconds to 120 seconds, and then over a month's worth of of that we'll call it kind of like a compounding interest sort of thing Correct. that you can end up having ridiculously measurably good results. Yes. And I think you can trust the fact that you will have measurable results almost immediately if you do this mm-hmm. correctly. And, um, that's exciting. So, um, this is the precursor to getting to the snare drum book. Yes. I'm not saying you need and have to do it. I'm just saying this is you're on your way to working out the muscles that need to be adjusted to playing effortlessly. And this is just a big bonus to help you do it. So that's why this has come along, I believe, is because it's a it's a mechanism to really put on fire your your technique where if you didn't do it, it's just going to take longer. Sure. Now, Ted, I want to ask you a few questions about the technique and how it relates to some things in the book as well. But I also want to take just a second and I want to let everyone know that's listening to this, that if you have not looked at the show notes to this episode, make sure you look at them because I am going to include some links to some videos and to a few different uh, resources that include Ted, where you can see some of this stuff that we've been describing on the show so that this will take any of the guesswork out of it. So just want to throw that out there. Now, go ahead, Ted. Uh, I do also want to say when you get, it, it'll be on YouTube, um, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 
there, I don't know, I have 20 some videos there. there. There's other videos of me playing. Um, some of them are great quality, some of them are awful. <laughs> but I mean, you get, a, get to see my facility and I, I hope you're not overtly critical of my playing. D don't, don't worry about that. Just go and watch and, and see that I play effortlessly. And if I'm having a bad day, you'll, you'll see it. If I'm having a good day, it'll, it'll be a little more pleasant to you all, all right? <laughs> in, in particular, Ted, I want to ask you about there is there are a couple of videos of you doing a clinic in a store where mm -hmm. you're standing up. I think you're playing a Rogers, looks like a festival-style yeah, yeah. drum set. Yeah. In particular, I think that that demonstration when you're standing up behind the snare drum is a particularly graphic uh, representation of what we just looked at here regarding the technique of traditional mm -hmm. grip and of course match grip with the right hand so I think that might be a good one to put on there yeah I, I agree with that uh, and I think that was my first clinic mm -hmm. working in that and that's actually when uh, Jason came aboard with me so that, that's going back there but uh, yeah and, and, uh, and I, I have to say this only because it's a personal thing when, when I opened it up I, I've, I'll always regret doing this the, the the solo in front of it because i was pulling out the buddy rich uh routine and i you know i just i i can play like that i can get near it but you know i'm, I'm like uh, ed shaughnessy said yeah i i can play like buddy but not really and i and i can get near <laughs> it and I, i'm good 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 with it but yeah so i was doing my little shtick there and the buddy routine but if you if you watch my playing it's you know just, just know that I, I play all styles, and I, I like playing that way sometimes. But you know how we go when we're, when we're conditioned and, and, and watch somebody and em, emulate them. And I don't, I don't regard this method. Uh, a lot of students have come to me. I don't want to play like Buddy Rich. Well, don't worry about it. You're, you're, you're going to be you. And I, I guess that's what I'm saying. I am wishing I was more me in that moment. But regardless, you can see I can play. And it is a, I think it's a fairly good teaching video. Now, question number one for you is you and I have talked about this technique a little bit, and I completely came right out to you and said, you know, I know a lot about a lot of techniques, but this Adler technique is one that I don't know nearly as much about as, say, something like uh, Gladstone or even Moeller, right? Mm -hmm. And then you were mentioning to me that, you know, one of the reasons is there's not even that many teachers out there that Correct. are really qualified to teach this, although we know that it's an incredibly important and valid technique. And the question that I want to ask you is this, why do you feel like this Adler technique is maybe not quite as prevalent as, say, Moeller, because you did study with Chapin as mm -hmm. well? Right. That's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure I have a clear answer to it, but... Um I know I'm going to use myself as a um, an example. When I when I discovered that there was a Buddy Rich snare drum book, uh, I I was blown away. Didn't know it existed. So when I was shown what's taught in it, I was way blown away. Uh, however, uh, I was also blown away the fact that I'm going to mention Buddy again that he. Claims he never studied with anybody. I'm thinking maybe he did. Uh, he claims uh, I knew. I know he couldn't read music. I know, etc. You know, he was a he was a an incredibly gifted 
individual. No one will ever be like him. He's one of a kind. And so, the, the, again, the, the book is structured by his showing his, his number one issue that he would explain that drummers don't know how to get out of the drum. Getting out of the drum is, is the main event. And that was Henry's purpose to write it in, in regards to that, and, and it's how he taught. So it lined up with him. Um, the Muller method is, um, the fulcrum is not so refined in that it's not between a thumb and a finger. It's floating in the hand. Yes. And um, I remember uh, asking Henry why there weren't more photos in, in the original book. If you look at the original book, I don't know, just a handful of photos, maybe. And uh, he said, well, it's funny that the publishing um, company didn't want to put any more in because they were too expensive at the time. You know, we're going back to the 19, late 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. So um, B- Buddy quipped up and, and said, spoke up and said, uh, if you were to put a picture of every wrist turn I use in the book, it would fill the whole book. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's revealing. Mm-hmm. You mean... It's not exactly what I just told everybody. Well, that's the beginning of it. When you, you, you uh, the, the point I think, no matter what method you, you use, you have to, you have to know the apex or the fulcrum of where that stick is operating and the rebound of the stick. And if you haven't considered that, you better get with it because that's really what's going on. And then when you, when you start to get a hold of that and maybe master it. It's a part of your thinking. It's just your expression. It's how it's how we talk. Really, it's a vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It's part of your vocabulary, and it's how you enunciate. It's how you walk down the street. It's how you you know wave to somebody. It's who you are. But it's all the same in the physics of it. And I think you know. I think that's one of the reasons that the Adler method is number one, extremely important. But on the other hand. When you get into the nitty gritty of it, if you're not taught properly, you're going to get disappointed and you may not want to continue with it. Uh, I talked to a very prominent person in the music industry. I won't mention names, but he told me that he tried learning the Buddy Rich method in the book and only could get, couldn't get past lesson one, I think it was. Mm. And I asked him who he was studying with, and he mentioned who it was, and you would all know who that was, but I'm not going to mention names here. I'm giving a point. I said, well, obviously that, that gentleman did not know how to teach the method. And that was about the end of our conversation because they were you know, faithful to that teacher. And I, did, and I said it nicely, but I, I've got to say, if you don't know what it is uh, and, and how it's taught, you probably won't go with it but i as someone who's been teaching this since 1970 um i'm going to tell everybody this i've taught this to beginners young kids i've taught it to beginners who were teenagers adults all ages beginners i've taught it to top professionals i've taught everybody and it whoever goes with it and does it they are incredibly exhilarated and 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 um they their their playing goes off the charts and it's and it's not again it's not they play like buddy now no they don't they play the way they've always dreamt they wanted to play it's just one it unlocks your your whole 
being of, of, of a drummer is just incredible. Ted, you mentioned something really interesting to me just before we turned the microphones on, and I, I had thrown out a couple of uh, hypotheses on why I thought that uh, perhaps something like molar technique might have a little bit more popularity than say the Adler technique. And I was throwing out things like, well, you know, you had this guy like Jim Chapin, who was one of the primary proponents of molar technique. And he was everywhere you, everywhere you were, he was like MasterCard, right? He was always there. You went to any kind of a trade show. He always had his practice pad and sticks. You ever went to a percussion convention? There he was with his practice pad and sticks. And he would teach anybody the molar technique. So he was like the, this incredible ambassador for that technique and we really didn't have that with somebody like henry who would show up at these different things and then the other thing that i mentioned to you and this is where i'm really going with this is i said i feel like that there was a little bit of a stigma from the standpoint that the adler technique was more complicated than say the molar technique and you you turned it around and said no i don't think so Mm -hmm. i believe the molar technique is more complicated than mm-hmm. Adler technique. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something for everybody to realize that's yeah. listening to this. Yep. That if you think the molar technique is one of those things that's just a natural technique that's very easy to learn, well, not so fast. There's some aspects of this Adler technique that's significantly easier to learn and implement than the molar technique. Yeah, very well put. And I think part of that is the fact that in teaching the molar thing, and I, and I learned from Jim Chapin, it's extremely difficult for someone to, to, to dump into what it is. And, the, and, and this is interesting as well. Uh, of course, everything evolves and morphs over the years as, 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 as you know, in drumming as it's taught um, because we're all made up a little differently. But the, the basic fact remains there are physical properties of the stick bouncing and rebounding and where the fulcrum is and how you have to adjust to it and how you have to relax. And yes, it's in the molar method. It's in the French grip. It's in the, all, all those different approaches. It's there. But the Adler method is so pinpoint accurate and so in-depth. It's a genius book. And I, I say it because I know I've taught it for so long. And, and I'll have to put in when I wrote the uh, Buddy Rich's We're Doing Surround the Kit, the book wrote itself. I mm-hmm. had Okay, and we'll go into that maybe later, but um, the, the, the Moeller method, if you look carefully at Sanford Moeller, that grainy movie of him doing it, and you look at Jim Chapin and him doing it, and you look at someone else online doing it, you'll come up with all different approaches, and you're going to go, what's going on here? Well, that's what's going on. And I'm not going to, I'll be the first to say, yeah, I'm, I might have tweaked the Adler approach a little bit. However, not by Henry Adler's uh, regard, because I was uh, involved with Henry right at the, at, at the execution of revising his book, which he didn't want revised. But he, he saw that after uh, my effort and what I was doing that he approved it. And he worked with, with me on it. And it was all very precise and in order. So there you go. I don't think there's any deviation really. And, and, and I, I've had a comment here and there about, well, I'm seeing what you're doing on the video, but that's not how Henry taught me. Well, you know, you're, we're all a little different. And I, I will be the first to say, I, I will not treat everyone 
the same way. I always treated if they have a little aversion one way or the other. I have to go with that because we're all put together a little differently. However, the book is the book. The method is the method. It's not deviated from what was originally taught me and according to what Henry had done because he approved it. So there you go. Now, Ted, I know that you are very interested in speaking to some other folks that teach this method that you may not be aware of. Yes. You, you sent me a little email that had a few people that were actively teaching it that you know that are doing it correctly. Yes. But here is the formal invite. Yes. For anyone who is actively teaching this Adler technique that studied with Mr. Adler, I'm going to put in the show notes. Ted's website. Please reach out to him, or you can reach out to the show as well, mm -hmm. drummersweeklygroovecast at gmail.com, and I will forward that over to Ted because he is very interested in speaking with you. Yes, thank you, Phil. Mm -hmm. um, these uh, three drummers I've, I've pointed out, um, you know, I'm sure there are three amongst thousands. Um, of course, as years go by, the people are diminishing, of course, because we're passing on, but. Um, the, 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 the two that I mentioned are uh, people who studied with Henry around the same time I did. They're master teachers. The, the one other uh, drummer, um, Christopher Shaw, is, is currently studying with me. He's in the UK. Um, he asked my permission to teach the method, uh, and I, I granted it to him, but as he, was, as he um, qualified, he said he's not quite ready. But he could start anyone uh, right now if, if he's willing to do that. But I'd, you'd have to clear that with him. So his information is there. Uh, Walt Heitner is, is a, a man from uh, uh, Long Island. He is uh, equally as uh, uh, adept at teaching as I am. And um, Nat Oliveri is, is uh, an, an, he's kind of like Phil. He's got degrees. He's got track record he's he's an inventor he's uh, an amazing man he's in uh, i believe north carolina so those three will be out there for you and yes anyone who has uh you know the means to to get in touch with me to, you know contact me and we'll get you on the list we have a tremendous listenership in california there's more people that listen to the show in california than any any other any other state, any other country. I mean, we have a tremendous listenership out there. I would imagine that somebody's going to step forward. Good. Out there because uh, between San Francisco and Los Angeles, I think those two cities probably make up <laughs> probably as much listenership as, as half of the rest of the country. Yes. A lot, a lot of listeners out in California. So, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to us uh, and let us know because Ted's def definitely interested in that. Um Ted, we, we've been going for a little over an hour. We're, we're about to power down. We've got a really good overview of this. Is there anything else in particular you want to add to this? Uh, well, well, I mean, <laughs> about five hours. That's what I was going to say. Granted, we could go on forever. Yeah. But in particular, um, the other thing that we didn't really touch very much on that uses that same technique is what Ted was mentioning is that he basically the book that wrote itself was the uh, rudiments around the drum set. Right. Buddy Rich's rudiments uh -huh. around the kit. Mm -hmm. Right. Please check that out as well, because this technique is not exclusively just this snare drum technique. This is meant to be used all around the kit. That's right. All around the kit. Yeah, and, and, and I must say, Phil, uh, anyone who's ever been through the book 
um, pick up Buddy Rich's rudiments around the kit because it's a whole bomb of, of, of vocabulary on the drum set that I didn't know existed until I wrote it. It's just phenomenal. And I, I know I'm sounding like a braggart here, but I'm saying that this book, this snare drum book is so ingenious that when I went to put it down, it just opened itself out. It could have been 500 pages, Phil. Mm-hmm. I could only do 130, I think, was the limit for printing it. Uh, it could be three or four volumes. Uh, I could I could take four rudiments now, and I could write a whole book on the four rudiments going around the kit. So I wrote the book in a way where, where and you see it. It's like a... It's like a, a tumbleweed gathering information as you go. And you can apply many of the things I do in the beginning of the book, uh, you know, as you go. It, it progresses that way. It's, it's really a, a riot. And uh, Well, if you think about it, all of the great method books in our idiom are like that. All yeah, of them right, are. You're correct. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So, again, that book will be in the show notes as well. We'll make sure we send everyone, everyone to your Amazon page. Awesome. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, look, before we finish up, I'm going to throw out my request one more time to everyone. We are looking for an intern here at the Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. We are up to our eyeballs in work over here between doing gigs and teaching and then keeping up with this show and answering emails and making social media posts. It's just, it's getting overwhelming. So if there's anyone out there who would like to get involved with the show, uh, it doesn't matter. You can be a college student looking for college credit. We'll help you out there. If you're just a professional drummer that's got a little bit of extra time on his hands and if you're a whiz-bang with technology, make sure you reach out to us. You can go over to our website, which is drummersweeklygroovecast.com. You can email us through our form there. You can also check out every one of our shows. All of our shows are available for free, always for free, never a subscription. We also have our videos there if you want to see some playing want to see some of our instructional videos on there for the old NARD and Wilcox and Rudimental Accountability Thursday solos. You can always find it there. You can also manage your social media accounts uh, that uh, direct you to our show as well. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then lastly, I want to throw out one quick in remembrance. We had another drummer pass this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, this tremendous hard rock and heavy metal drummer, a guy named Vinny Paul that played with Pantera. I'm sure a lot of you guys know him. He's another one of these guys. He was not just a banger. This guy had a lot of depth in his playing. He had a lot of soul in his playing. And I know that's one of those strange things to say, well, how can you have a lot of soul in heavy metal playing? You just need to listen to this guy and you'll see what I'm talking about. But he passed away last week, and it's just another tragedy. We, we, we see these things. It seems like John and I uh, do these dirty bits of business. seems like just about every week somebody's passing, but we wanted to throw out that Vinnie Paul passed, and we wanted to make sure everybody's aware of it and uh, pay him homage. Ted, that's it, buddy. Thanks again. Thanks, Phil. Any, anyone of you guys who, who, who led to, to help Phil, i got to say he's – He's, he's an incredible guy, one of the nicest guys I've ever dealt with in the music industry. And he will just bless you with his knowledge, and you will be under a great tutelage under him. And I'd highly recommend you getting out there. Do it. Thank you so much. All right, guys. We'll see you next week with a brand new show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.